she's the black sheep. She's the sheep that is black. Oh, no, I don't know what to say. You can just make that the intro, because <laughs> we can do that. I'd just like to point out the fact that uh, you know Game of Thrones has arrived as a TV show when it is trending higher on Twitter than WrestleMania. Oh! <laughs> Vince McMahon would not be happy about this. No, That's true. It, it is very true. I mean, you know, WWE is something that trends regularly on Twitter, I feel like. Uh, and WrestleMania is their biggest event of the year. And uh, right now it's stuck between Game of Thrones and Dark Wings, Dark Words. So well done, nice. oh, Game of Thrones fans. Excellent. It is Monday, everybody. You're listening to this podcast. We are Game of Owns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sue is here from Winter is Coming. Hi. We're a podcast presented by WinterIsComing.net. It's a podcast website. No, it's not. It's just a website. Now it plays our podcast if you check it on certain days right sue sue you know more about it than i do not really (laughs) (laughs) it's going good seems to be up there what is it three times a week now selena's still traveling in america which actually no she's traveling back from america which is why she couldn't make it tonight maybe by episode three hopefully by episode three yeah, no, she'll definitely be here by next week. She'll probably be, well, I mean, she's going to be on Wednesday's episode and then blah, blah, blah. Well, speaking of, I hope you guys liked the commentary from last week, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I saw a lot of good feedback on that. They liked how the, the audio was synced up with our discussion. Yeah, that's good. Otherwise, it would have been a train wreck to edit, too. <laughs> 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 <Imagine> that. <laughs> Well, well, we're really excited. Mad props to you, sir. Well, we're, we're all very excited because obviously, right now it's Sunday night, and we all just we all just finished watching episode two of season three of Game of Thrones, and it was amazing. I'm just going to come off the top and say that it was good. I felt like we had all this time to like start liking characters. I found myself liking. I found myself liking Joffrey this episode. I couldn't believe it. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> what? Oh, Damn it, Eric! Every don't be scared. Here we go. Don't be scared. We'll talk about that in a minute. minute. But um, I do want to say that yeah. that even though Selena could not make it tonight, um, I feel like Jojen Reed just waits for no woman because obviously we met him this evening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was great. He was there, and we were introduced to the grandmother, Tyrell, and a bunch of other characters. With the Queen of Thorns. Queen of Thorns. I liked that we got to see the other side, the other half of the characters, I guess, essentially. All the people who weren't in the premiere, you know, episode that got sidelined, they made it to this episode, as well as all the new characters. And then, of course, we had Tyrion and and some more um, more of the other characters, so like Rob and Catelyn. So it was good. Yeah, it was good. Yep. It wasn't perfect, but I mean, I liked a lot of the scenes, and I thought there were some really great intros to characters. So it was—I mean, it's definitely a solid episode. Um, I mean, I liked the the premiere episode a lot better overall as far as pacing. But oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I think oh. they, they both took their time, which I really liked. But I felt like it, it was a little sluggish tonight in in the first half. I thought it picked up a lot in the second half, but the first half, oh. some of the scenes, I was kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> and I. I I really did not like the Robin Cat scene. Like, I kind of hated it. So, there, there's oh, wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a massive it's, fan it's, of, of Cat in the hot nurse scene. You know what I mean? Like, that was a little... That was, yeah, boring. And I get what you're saying, but I, I thought first... I thought the first episode was so sluggish comparatively to this one. Because I felt like even when it was sluggish in this episode, we still had a little bit of banter from Jamie and Brienne, even though it kind of stuck on them for a while, you know? Yeah. I, I think what you got more of in this episode in particular was you got more comedy. Uh, which was lacking very much so in in the season premiere. I thought 
Queen of Thorns was funny. I thought Thoris of Mir was funny. Yeah. Uh, I thought, Mike, are you trying to say you don't like when someone gets their nipple chopped off? I thought that was <laughs> that wasn't normal, funny. It's normal humor. That's more of a that's, that's more of a sadistic <laughs> laugh than a, than a comedic laugh. We call those slash cackles. That's what exactly. we call them here. Yeah, yeah. I you know I was funny in the first half. I was thinking that I was really missing the humor. Like we had that scene with um Mance Raider and and the and I was thinking, gosh, you know, Mance and Tormund are dramatically good, but they're really not funny at all. And the book characters kind of are. But I, but then in the second half of the episode, I thought Thoros and all that was the humor really picked up. That helped like a lot with the. I feel like we yeah. know Mance well enough now to call him Mance and not just have to say his full name. You know, oh, what no, I'm we saying? always just say Mance Raider. Can we just make that a thing on the show? <laughs> hey, Mance. What just Mance? What's up, it's Mance? Sumptuous. Well, you just called Thoros Thoros, so I was only assuming yeah, Thoros. Man's. You know, we only, we've only met him just today. Well, you know, he's a party guy, so you can be kicked back with him. His intro was amazing. Yeah. Though. I mean, let's be really honest funny. here. That entire scene. So they're rolling in. Correct me if I'm wrong. Were they singing um, The Reigns of Casimir? They were singing the Lannister yes, song. They, yes, they were. And so, you know, someone like me, who hasn't obviously read this far into the book, is just going to be like, okay, well, there are a bunch of Lannisters coming to grab these oh, people. Oh, yeah. I guess that that would explain too why Arya was you know really paranoid about it. But it's such a popular song. I mean, it's notorious in the books. Everyone knows it, so it's yeah. But I can see why. It's huge on iTunes. <laughs> now, I, yeah. I guess it's number one on the uh, Westerosian pop chart. <laughs> they love sadism. They love sadism. It, I guess it's, it may or may not be wise to go around singing the Lannister song when you're. I guess we don't know exactly where they are geographically, but. He was probably in maybe a greater area of Lannister territory, so he's seeing it because they're not really aligned, are they? They're no. the Brotherhood without banners, right? Brothers without banners. Yeah. They're rogues. So are they like? Are they like Switzerland? Are they like a manly sword wielding version of Switzerland, or no? Or they, they're, they're much more roguish. Oh, yeah. Mm, they go wherever okay. they want. It's their life. They do what they want. But that does not mean that they are devoid of skill. How about that guy with that arrow? He's oh, he's awesome. I love archers, and he's he's cutie. But like so. he kind of, I gotta say, without him, Thoros, I don't know, may, maybe maybe lacking because the guy with the arrow kind of did all the work. He shot the first arrow that made them, you know, the kids um, shake, and then he obviously got them to go with him. So I don't know. I I think it's pretty much. But all he that guy. he was the one. Just going on. You know, he was the one that was like the party leader. He brought everyone and he was like, you know, he was the, the brains behind the operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the talker. And I think, I mean, you could see him pull out the sword. And even though he's, you know, drinking and he's pretty, you know, boisterous and all that, he can still whip out the sword and he's capable. So we should see more from him. But it'll be interesting. It's an interesting portrayal of Thoris of Mir because you know, we just finished our, our read through of the, the first book and he's referred to uh, as as being you know, a red priest and right. and you really didn't see anything uh, that would indicate that in this particular episode. Red. Yeah. I yes. wondered about that. Yep. So is that, is that like Melisandre's a red priestess or am I thinking two different red? You're exactly gods? right. Same thing. Wow. Same color now. He was always different though, yeah. because they, they come from all over. So it's, it's, it's believable that they're different, but you know, he is more like the Thoros in the books in the first book who was a drinker. By the time we met him, with the brotherhood in the books, he was, uh, I think, more subdued, but I don't really mind. I mean, it's more fun this way, and I'm sure he can still do his red priestly duties. And, and, and <laughs> <laughs> <you know. laughs> Eric, I regret to inform you, you didn't know this about yourself, but you are a red priest. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> or, I had to be the one to tell or, you. No, no, no. no. How about Jojen Reed's reveal? Uh, you're a warg, Bran. <laughs> 
Your well, it's so and- nice of them to tell us what it was earlier in the episode, right? <laughs> I know. Isn't it helpful? Because if that wouldn't have happened, we would have been expecting Brian just to turn into a warg from The Hobbit. You know what I mean? <laughs> just sort of running around the countryside. Where's Rivendell? You know, like, it's it's good that they were able to set that up. And I feel like it probably wasn't chronologically in the book that way. Am I right? Oh, they did. They dicked around a lot. Um, <laughs> What happened? <laughs> it was all of that stuff was in A Clash of Kings and... You know, they didn't come right off the bat and say, hey, you're a warg. They were introduced more formally at, at Winterfell before it got torched. Oh, but, um, right. This is a lot of condensing because they pushed them back a whole season. Well, like, yeah. he, Jojen Reed appears to Brandon first in his dream where he's running, you know, running around shooting arrows and stuff. And it's a heck of an introduction, but they, they there's this whole psychic link going on between those two. And I, I don't know if I like it um, because he just seemed to. <laughs> to be like that he has all this information for Brian that he'll tell him who he is and what all the special powers mean. And it just seems too simple. And it seems like it would be way too easy to deceive Bran in this kind of state when he's like answering all of his questions as to who the Raven is and why he can see into the wolf and all this stuff. It's like writing cheat codes. Yeah. Like he's this guy is going to tell us all these details. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I feel like they had to speed that story up a little bit. Um, you know, Sue was talking about it earlier. You know, this is all from a clash of kings, and they need to kind of condense it as quickly as possible in order to advance this particular storyline. Yeah, hmm. necessary. I I think that they did a good job doing it. I coming from a casual viewer, which is going to be let's say eighty five percent, throwing a number out there of the people that are watching this. Or I don't think it seemed rushed. I think it just seemed like it was a normal part of the show. I mean, he did know an awful lot about Bran, though. <laughs> yeah, he did, and and so. I think maybe rushed isn't the best word to use here, but I do think that you know, to have uh, Jojen in the dream and then 30 minutes later have him show up is a little bit of a disconnect. I think they could have played it off a little bit longer of this kid showing up in Brad's dreams and then maybe having him show up an episode or two later, but you know, they they only have 10 episodes to work with. I want to know why Asha doesn't like him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, that whole dynamic is different. And it, I didn't really like that aspect of it. I thought that was a little strange because Osha has always been a little more understanding of that. There's weird, you know, there's weird things out there we don't understand at all, and suddenly she's distrustful. And well, it's I like don't know. it's like uh, Jojen usurped her as being Brand's like connect connection to like a bigger world because yeah. you know when she's making she's around the campfire and she's talking about his dream and then she tells him to stop talking to her about it and then all of a sudden Jojen comes and is like taming the dire wolf and telling Bran everything he ever wanted to know and it's just like oh okay so she she has no role anymore she's just being led around by his sister right yeah, well that is so sad to think of where do we the mood down Eric yeah, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> I'll bring it right back up Please I'll bring it right back up here. because I know something that will cheer all of you up uh, please do Theon Greyjoy is is yeah. shirtless Theon is is tied up somewhere getting Uh-oh. getting a, a um a bolt or a screw corkscrew shoved through his foot brutally brutally and this whole time when I'm watching the episode and the scenes with him I'm thinking man I feel bad for him but I'm probably the only one everybody else is thinking <laughs> this is awesome this is great <laughs> so. Well, you know, I understand there may be a disconnect. Maybe some people think that he deserved what he got in this episode. But regardless, 
I was right about it being him with the bag over his head from the trailer episodes that we that Congrats, we reviewed. Congrats, man. Thank you. Yep. And I'm just so thrilled. I am utterly thrilled that he has something to do in this episode, even if it's trying not to die. In all fairness, they did throw a bag over his head at the end of last season. That's why I said that's the like, basis for my I know those triceps from anywhere. Thank you. Jobs, Eric. I connected the dots. I know those triceps. <laughs> But oh, uh, the question is, where is he? You know, oh, who has him captive? I don't. I don't think that was made clear enough. Obviously, it's supposed to be vague. Vague things are supposed to be vague. But I was under the impression <laughs> that the men who took him would at least be a little bit more open with. I don't understand why all of a sudden he's a prisoner and he's a prisoner somewhere where. Well, because he sacked and burned Rivendell. Everyone thinks that he killed the kids. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, why. But he was in the he guy's took over protection a city. Yeah, yeah, but the guys in the gates are the ones who knocked him out for his own good and were going to smuggle him out using the underground tunnels. Am I now right? No, you're, they sold him right to the Starks. Oh. Yeah, although I wouldn't necessarily say the Starks, but the North. Well, you know what I mean. Oh, okay. yeah, the North, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But but anyway, regardless, wherever he is Fair and enough. wherever he's being kept, his sister yeah. can find Got him. Got you so back, man. It's I okay. was it's a lot to remember. And obviously he's, he's, he's a bit pathetic the way he's crying for the guy not to leave, but – he has been subjected yeah. to splinters oh, yeah. in the finger. I, I will say that, you know, his captors, I don't really understand the need to torture Theon to get this information. I think if you just sit Theon down and be like, okay, why were you beating up on those kids? He could like come clean. Like, here's a whore. <laughs> yeah, here's a whore. Exactly. He would not stop <laughs> talking the whole time. I guarantee it. But they had to put something in his fingers and it's like, uh, and they were drilling a hole in his foot and it's just like, come on, man. Well, really? But perhaps his captor or captors enjoy torture. Yeah. yeah, it's all vague and supposed to be really exciting and interesting. I'm just like, free Theon. Come on, guys. You know you want free Theon. Free Theon. Everybody, free Theon. <laughs> well, lucky for you. Some hashtags next week. It appears that that might happen. <laughs> his sister's coming to save him. Yay. Yay. Oh, yay. Yay. Go girls. <laughs> uh, although Eric – I don't think it was a corkscrew because I was I had the same thought as you. I was like, they're drilling spiraled machined metal. Uh very good machining for that time of year. <laughs> um into his foot. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my god, this is terrible, right? But then he walked up to him and turned it the other way and I was like, aha. What it was was like one of those smashers. It was just smashing his foot. I thought it was so a he, smasher like, took the pressure too, off. except that one time when the guy turned it, blood came up. <laughs> So I thought it well. I thought it was both. Minus, that's true, right? It could be both. I think it's both. Ooh, I, exciting! It's Why not both? It's, it's right. both. Let us know on Twitter. The wood closer. What kind of completely unnecessary? Completely unnecessary. Theon's an easygoing guy. He'll just you know, it's, it's not necessary. Okay, well, tell us your thoughts on Twitter. Both of these things seem completely reasonable. It's Game of Thrones. Yeah, yes. someone someone thinks it's necessary, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, well, well that, so the guy fun. pops out of the darkness, right? Just the the door shuts, and he's over there, literally sweeping. <laughs> and the but let me just say, Eric Theon is just like blood curling, screaming. I'll tell you everything. I mean, come on. I mean, demoralized at the end of his rope. Are, are we going to get any kind of any kind of? Because you relented off of Tywin last week. You relented a little bit. You were like, you know what? He does suck a little bit. <laughs> like Charles Dance, but he sucks. Yeah, maybe not. But I'm telling you, I'm warning this is a cautionary tale to my fellow podcasters here. If I back off a of Theon like I backed off a of Tywin last week, you may not like who I latch on to. Oh, boy. It's going to be dangerous. Oh, boy. It's going to be dangerous. He's going to latch on to Micah. Micah's going to latch on to you. No, um, <laughs> luckily, I'm uh, 
several uh, states away, so I, I feel somewhat safe. <laughs> but uh, how about the the scene that led into our first uh, shot of Theon, and and that was the uh, really the title of this episode uh, with Rob talking to Catelyn about. What's happened both at River Run and at Winterfell? <laughs> Roose Bolton and his two scrolls. He comes in the door and he has a scroll in both hands. And Rob Stark says, <laughs> what, I, "Let me guess which one is good news and which is bad." <laughs> but it was both bad news. Roose Bolton, you're an asshole. You don't know. Roose, nobody told him how to play that game. Nobody told him how to combine scrolls and make up good news. Yeah. I would have been like, is one a treasure map? Because they're in scrolls. It's like you know what it's I mean? like that scene in Robin Hood Men in Tights where he's like, Maybe if you tell me the bad news in a good way, it won't sound so bad. And then Blinken destroys a pole yes, with a sword. That's true. The end. He carves it. I think bad news, bad news is Roose Bolton's favorite game, but he's definitely the highlight of the uh the northern scenes for me. Yeah, it was great. Now, everybody listening to the show remembered that Roose Bolton was actually the guy that is the Lord of Harrenhal, and he was supposed to be who Tywin played last season. He, I mean, he's the Lord of the Dreadfort, but um, he was supposed to be at Harrenhal, not strictly speaking the Lord of Harrenhal. But yeah, he was supposed to be there, and Arya was supposed to be Roose's cupbearer. Yeah, so he wasn't the actual Lord of, uh, of Harrenhal, but he was supposed to be the guy. Mm-hmm. He was the dude, and we so we yeah. didn't get to see him. So we got to see more of him this season, obviously. Again, pushing some stuff back, making room. And he's got he's got double, you know, double male, though, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think it's right. I mean, he is really the highlight of that those northern scenes. I mean, I, I'm not sold on Rob's new wife, the nurse. She um, doesn't really have a lot of interesting things to say. When she does want to spend time with Catelyn, though, this is this is the thing. This story made me think all of a sudden, oh, my God, this story should be called the Jon Snow of Thrones because it seems like it placed his character super center with the fact that there's this magic aura and Catelyn blames herself for all of this this family trauma, but that she prayed for John as a baby for the gods, and the gods somehow intervened in his life. Now he may have a yeah. destiny. Twice. Yeah, it was all pretty ridiculous. Well, I mean, you're, he's also she she's talking to a lady that's making like a wicker seven thing, saying that's going to help. Seven so thing. it's like a dream catcher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, it's not for dreams. So I mean, but yeah, I mean, so I it's like. Take it. I think that she was like patting Catelyn on the head and her mind going, "Oh, Catelyn, you've been in those shackles too long." You know, like it's. It, but it was rough because she had just literally heard the news from Rob, which came from the letters, which she also kind of failed to mention, which was a huge deal because this is the first time we we've, we've gotten to see them react to the possible death of the kids. Yeah, I was I really underwhelmed by their reaction there. Yeah, that was pretty right? underwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. The key, the key here is that. They weren't reported as being dead. Right. They just still. weren't found. So that's like, there's a huge difference there. But it burned to the ground and Bran can't walk and Rickon's a little boy. So logically, you're like, they're probably dead. I mean, I don't know. I just, right. They really took the energy out of that whole uh, – because there's a reason. I mean, Kat believes that she's believing that her sons are dead. She's lost her daughters. But now it's like, well, maybe they're all right. Who knows? So I don't know. It was just weak. My money is on Rickon to survive the entire series because he just wanders <laughs> the hell off. And like yeah. Brandon sends the wolves to protect him. But he's like, he just wanders off. Like, seriously, kid, really? Like he's going to I have a theory, guys. I think that Rickon and his wolf have traded places inside of each other's bodies. <laughs> 
<laughs> so they're just kind of hanging out. So that's why Rick and foams at the mouth sometimes. Like, come on. He is basically feral. So. Yeah, right? <laughs> what I'm what I'm interested in, though, is that so much of this is taking place – well, it did previously uh, at Heron Hall. And that's not something, at least to my memory, and Sue, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that takes place in the books. Rob Stark never goes to Heron Hall. And yeah, yeah, no. And and so with the this news about Catelyn's father having passed away, she receives it sort of on the road, whereas in the books, she's actually there when he passes at River Run. So they're really sort of condensing things, making things move much, much faster, even though they have technically two seasons to work with here. Yeah, I don't know how that's gonna play out because I'm I mean I can definitely see the benefit of not, you know, dragging out Hoster's, you know, her father's death. But there was this whole dying scene and him saying some things that were pertinent to another significant character's motivations down the line. So <laughs> I'm kind of wondering, you know, where they're going to patch that up because that's pretty important down hmm. the line. Probably not going to wind up until season four. I'm can I just raise a glass to you guys for a second and point out that we've gone two episodes in this new season so far with no major character deaths? Can we just raise it? Yes. Yeah, right? Yeah. I was worried. Yay. Gosh, who was I worried about? I was worried <laughs> Jamie was going to die this episode. I oh, was seriously worried that Brian, to be killed. Come on. The only thing that, that made me sure that he wasn't going to die is because he's still ta- he, was, he has yet to take a bath. Uh, as, shown, <laughs> as, as shown in the trailer, <laughs> and it didn't That's look right. like he was just going to jump there into the lake go. with her. So it, we it, can it, hope. Yeah, you can hope. God, so you don't count well, the nipple as a, as a death. Oh, <laughs> no, well, I mean, a flesh I'm not wound. severely attached to his nipple. So. <laughs> <laughs> Men don't need them anyway. Come on. So they're on the bridge. It's Jamie and Brienne. Uh, obviously, they've had scenes this entire episode, and it was it was honestly for me. And and we're not actually being critical on the show at all. Like, if if a few things happen oddly and there's some timing shit, like, eh, whatever. I mean, it's yeah. still the best show on TV. Oh, totally. I, yeah. that, that's, that's pretty much a given. Even though Mad Men did premiere tonight, Eric, I know because of you. So thank you, sir. Yes. It was a two-hour premiere, and it was during Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. He, sounds, he sounds so bitter. <laughs> he sounds too bitter about this. That's okay. I got my HBO Go set up, and I watched it on my phone. But then I couldn't tweet there during the show, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> well, props to Eric for hanging in there, man. <laughs> oh, so hard. But the uh, the first scene uh, with Jamie and Brienne that we get for this season, uh, it was it was full of some good laughs. I thought, yeah, particularly at Renly Baratheon's expense. But yeah, I don't know. They really stepped up the kind of crudeness on that level. Like, I guess I under, like I don't really have a problem with crudeness in general. But they had the, the jokes about Renly, and then you had Joffrey talking about maybe he should put up a lot to kill you know people like Renly and it just seemed like it was like a little much that was a stab though that had to have been a stab yeah oh you know what I'm saying well a I mean, modern statement well I know it is but still it's kind of like eh. well how'd you guys feel about it that you know I mean I, Game of Thrones is is more importantly to me and I know that we're huge fans of the TV series but more importantly to me it's a fantasy epic it is a piece of literature and you know injecting things like this into sort of the modern capturing of it, if you will. Mm-hmm. I just, I thought it was a little odd. Just yeah, a little I odd. agree. And it may have, it didn't happen that way in the book, I'm assuming. No, no, um, no. That, that particular scene with Joffrey, I thought was more, as you just mentioned, more a tie to current political yeah. events that are taking place here in the United States. I don't, uh, I don't know though. I think of how long ago they filmed it. I mean, could it really be, I don't want to be the ignorant one here, but I'm saying like, 
you know, is it really possible they could have done something for current times? Because, you know, they they probably filmed this episode eight months ago. Well, think about the uh, announcement by President Obama before he ran. Yeah. That caused a huge uproar when he officially, uh, he officially came out stating that he supported gay marriage. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was a huge media deal. I mean, that was actually bigger a deal than this more recent one, which is what we're probably all talking about, which was the Supreme Court vote. Yeah, that's been happening. Yeah. So that was a bit that was an even bigger deal. Yeah. I mean, then I was also, though, I was watching this scene and I was thinking, man, this is obviously a test of character for Marjorie, who fortunately yes. was was pre-warned by Sansa. And that that was a good scene. That was probably one of the greater scenes of this episode, I think. Um, but she had the warning beforehand that he was a monster. And, you know, I think she really played him pretty well. Um, and in oh, fact, yeah. giving into his yeah. more sadistic nature in the end, would you like to watch me? Like, th- that's really, like, good on her part, but she kind of terrifies me now. So, yeah. I mean, she knew the whole time, though. She didn't need to ask Sansa if he was a dick. I mean, you know what I mean? It's pretty obvious. Well, then why they did she ask Sansa? Why did she ask Sansa? Like, that's my question. They needed, like, firsthand confirmation. You know what I mean? It's different getting it like third, fourth hand. The Tyrells so far to me are so smart. And I, I love the Queen of Thorns and I love that entire scene. The deviation from the book, which I actually have read this part in the book. The deviation from the book, for those of you guys who have read it, it's a bit annoying, right? Oh, yeah. No, that doesn't bother me because I I, I know it's going to pop up somewhere else. So. Sansu felt comfortable telling the story because there was sort of an overlay of music going on in the scene in the books. Whereas here... She's not, uh, you know, there's nothing, Anywhere. there's no buffer, you know, there's nothing yeah. to prevent somebody from overhearing what's going on. You know, that dude with the cheese shows up, he could relay information back to <laughs> Cersei Please. or to Joffrey. Back to Theon. Dude, tell us about the cheese guy. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the grand conspiracy, isn't it? Yes, that's the helpful, yes. helpful young guy who was tweeting about working with Diana Rigg while he was in Croatia. Uh, oh, I love, no. the, I love the, I love the actors in small parts. They can't wait to tweet about the roles and help us. Find casting spoilers. Yeah, but Sansa we, uh, was uncomfortable. Talked about this before the episode. <laughs> yeah, she was. She did. She was great in that scene, though. So if you I, I'm her, surprised yeah. that they got as much out of her as they did. You know, she even says at one point, "Like I've got traitor's blood." This, that, the other thing, and it's just like, wow. Like Sansa, and then she says, "He's a monster." Please don't stop the wedding. <laughs> <I was like. laughs> she's like, oh, crap. Oh, yeah, I mean, crap. she's been ab- abused, though. So she's at the point where she wants to pop and she wants to say it. But then that terror comes back. I mean, she's been physically abused pretty badly. So. It's what what bothers me the most about the Tyrells. And, and I guess we should say it's probably the women who are the good ones because they, they even they make fun of the men. They're like, my husband's an oaf. Um but I, I, I'm sorry to say that the Tyrells didn't really seem to offer Sansa anything in return for her information. They sat her down. I mean, besides the cheese, the cheese count, um, they really didn't offer her anything and they made her uncomfortable. They got this information out of her. I'm sure like some part of Sansa was just relieved to be able to tell somebody else, but they weren't like, you can now ally yourselves with us and we will have you marry one of our sons and we will take you away from here. They didn't offer her anything. They expected that information from Sansa. Well, no, again, that's a book difference. But by not doing it this time, they just seem like they're they're takers and not givers. And I don't like the Queen of Thorns one bit because of that. I think she's funny. She's great in the book. And she, I thought she was great in the show too. Yeah. Yeah, she is great. But yeah, I mean, she is she is a taker. She's very cunning. She's a survivor. You know, she she's basically in charge. I'm a survivor. <laughs> I'm gonna get you. Beyonce. Beyonce stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I think I think I got that rap group right. One, one thing I wanted to uh, just touch on in that scene with Joffrey and Marjorie uh, was this weapon that they were using and firing. I thought it was a little bit symbolic that it went through a boar's head. Through his eye. Oh. He said he was eye. going hunting, and then I was like, no, Joffrey, you're still a Baratheon. You can't hunt on the show. No, that, that, bo- that boar, that's actually the one that killed it, that killed, well, what he thinks is his father. Killing, it's, his yeah. name, it's the same oh, one. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he keeps it up on the wall. I don't know. Like, they went and killed it, and oh, thinks he's a badass now shooting it, but it's already dead. Hell of a shot. Indeed. Oh, that scene. But I just that wondered scene. if that that was setting something else up for later on in the series. How could I know? You're pretty good Possibly. at guess. Why don't you take a guess? Oh, yeah, geez. I take a guess, Eric. <laughs> what do you mean? He's going to shoot somebody <laughs> else through the eyes? Maybe he'll get his Marjorie to do it. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, that scene, as, as far as the referencing about, oh, I'm going to burn people like him or um, maybe I should put people to death. It's just, I mean, it was a little heavy-handed, obviously. Um Whatever. It's there. It exists. Yeah. But I definitely feel like it was a mechanic to make us dislike Joffrey even more. Yeah. That's why I thought it was a little too obvious. I mean, he's already such a complete prick that we don't really need this very, very obvious thing that's going to horrify people. I mean, isn't the massive right. widespread baby killing an option, you know? See, I, I don't know. I kind of like Joffrey. But now that that comment aside about what he said about Renly, that's not cool. But earlier when he was um, with his mother... And he was not listening to a damn thing she said. That made me like him a little bit. And but he he should he should have been listening to her. She's why she's totally... she just she just speaks crap all the time. She tries to advise him in her, like her own. She always has her own thing. Like with Cersei, you just can't trust her. Well, she has her own thing, but she's doing it for his his best interest. She's not trying to screw over Joffrey. I mean, if you are like say Sansa, yeah, you totally shouldn't trust Cersei. But she does everything mm-hmm. for her children. To try and you know keep them all in power, so Joffrey should be listening to Cersei. She's got like twenty years of experience ruling as queen. I mean, I won't say she's the best player ever, but she's pretty solid, you know. And he should, she should be listening to her. I think maybe for me, then it's the watching experience. I would rather watch Joffrey on TV forge his own path based on what his character thinks is right, even though you know there are seasons of this stuff where he's just like the worst person ever, but. Rather than see us con- see see him continue to take direction from his mother and from other people, because to me that's boring. To me that's you're the kid on the throne who shouldn't really be there. But if he starts actually acting on his own stuff and did it more often without her help and is actually able to tell her sit down and shut up, I'd like to see what where that takes him. And I you know take comfort in knowing that at least there's five or six more books where stuff will happen anyway. So it's not like it'll be the end of the world if he just goes his own way a little bit. Might be the end of his world, though. It's interesting because I think more than anything else, what these scenes are meant to do is show that Cersei is losing control of Joffrey. And yeah. you know, when Joffrey is talking to her about Renly and Marjorie, and you know, he turns and says that Marjorie is doing her duty, and that's what intelligent women do—what they're told to do. I mean, he's really gone at Cersei now for the past two episodes. He had that comment to her about growing old uh, at the dinner table in episode one, and now he's come back and you know, s- essentially slapped her right back in the face again. And I think that scene between him and Marjorie, um, you know, when he was talking about putting people to death, I think it's you know that that hurts her because of her brother. 
And I think that creates more of a distant relationship between the two of them and may fuel, you know, certain feelings and certain actions on her end towards him moving forward. That makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. At at the other, on the other hand, though, there I think there's some kind of weird pleasure in Marjorie, where she, by the end of it, she was like, "Oh, you're a sick little fuck, aren't you? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hone this. I'm gonna get you eating out of my palm." And yeah, her pleasure was this was so easy. You're such you're 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 kind of a young kid. I'm a little bit older, and this is this is easier than I thought it'd be. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. She knows how she can use his monstrosity to her benefit i think and fortunately she has a plan right i was worried about loris that whole time i thought that when he was like so why didn't he you know why didn't you guys make kids i thought he was just trying to extract from her that he was indeed with loris like the rumors were and then so he was going to take care of loris which Anything can happen. I'm just saying that's what I felt. I was just like, oh, this makes sense. But then that it never got to that. So obviously I was like, well, he's safe for another week. So that's cool. It's like Survivor. It's like he's going to get voted out. Voted out of King's Landing. You know, Loris is lucky yeah. that he's pretty because uh, Sansa was – he just broke Sansa's heart by not remembering that he gave her the rose yeah. at the tournament. Yeah. And she was like, but remember, yeah. you gave me the rose. And he's like, well, uh, no. In all fairness, <laughs> in the book, you get a little bit more insight into Loris and, and his feelings at that particular time. And hmm. so, you know, I don't think he's in the best state of mind to be remembering that he came across Sansa's path on one random afternoon. Yeah. A couple of months ago. I bet she remembers <laughs> it though. She probably thinks about it all the time. She probably does. But did you, did you guys think that Joffrey was trying to, you know, test her or to sniff her out a bit to see maybe she wasn't fit to bear children. Maybe that was the whole reason behind him asking that question. Yeah, I don't think he was thinking along those lines. I think he was honestly just being nosy about her sexual activity. Be- because of what Cersei said? Yeah, because she, what she said and because of the fact that Marjorie was married. So he probably was assuming, despite, despite you know, Renly being gay, just assuming that she'd had sex with him at some point. But- traitor sex. <laughs> I'll have no traitor sex in my capital. <laughs> he really he, that's the thing why that I thought that scene had potential is because he led off with continually referring to Renly as a traitor and and getting Marjorie to slip up and 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 every moment he was like, "Oh, you did this with a traitor. Oh, you'll do this with a traitor." He's like, "No, no, no." You know, she played it well, but he was really laying into her about that, about the fact that Renly was trying to usurp him at one point. And then she was like, I've never complimented a traitor's crossbow before. <laughs> and he was like, oh, well, come check this out. It's handmade. <laughs> <laughs> so does this crossbow make Joffrey more badass or less badass? Because he needs a crank to draw the, the bow. It may make it's another a- character more badass. Yeah, in his in his case, it just makes him a sad little boy who needs some sort of phallic object to compensate. <laughs> See, that's what I was thinking. I was like, this yeah. is so phallic. It totally is. This. But if you aim it You're well so as well phallic. as he does. <laughs> like, yeah. Aim that phallic weapon. Just oh aim it. <laughs> For a minute, I just wanted to go back and talk about that scene between Catalan and the hot nurse. I apologize. I don't remember her. <laughs> Talissa. Her real name. There you go. Uh, but <laughs> I feel like this is a scene that a lot of people aren't going to like. It's either going to be people really enjoy it or people are really going to dislike it because I understand the this moment that Catalan's having where you know she's really depressed, she's down, and it does show a lot about her. But it it's just completely 
inaccurate. It shows sympathy towards Jon Snow, which I don't think she's ever had. And mm. it's never really brought to the surface if she did have any sympathy towards him or cared for him at all throughout the course of the series. I, I never – I don't remember reading about it. And so it was just – it was a weird scene for me. It's anachronistic, like you're saying. It's completely yeah. the opposite of what we'd expect. Yeah, it doesn't suit their their culture and their society, and they're going on and on about this motherless child and this and that, and it's like, what? I mean, it's it just was completely out of character, and it was just a ridiculous, ridiculous. So you're saying it was strange for you guys too? Yeah, because I thought I was just kind of slow for a second there. No, I thought the whole scene was just ridiculous. Okay, good, because I was just like, all of a sudden, I was like, well, I can't wait to read this book and, and read from the perspective of Catelyn feeling a little remorse about John. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, so apparently this is just all show fodder. Yeah. It's, Unbelievable. Uh, they have... <laughs> Eric, <laughs> calm down. He's going to storm the gates. I'm gonna... Listen, we're going to have them on the show, okay? So be nice. Everybody <laughs> knows that Catelyn hates Jon Snow's guts. Uh, yeah. Everybody who's anybody drinks, Eric. Sorry, that was Back to the Future reference. Wow. Couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. Hey, I can't the record the show next week. I'll be washing my hair. Yeah, that was it's a good just one. that now I think people are going to think that there's this intangible thing that is is causing all this negative um, vibes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th that essentially Catalan has cursed her family yeah. in a way oh, wow that's that's yeah. really not in the book no no yeah well then it brings yeah. it brings down this whole shade extra shade over everything like karma like it's it, essentially that scene that didn't need to be there as introduced karma which oh man quite recklessly doesn't exist anywhere else in the show well surely they have some kind of there's some kind of finishing touch on it like there's a reason it's there because that's that's a pretty heavy-handed thing to throw in you know I don't know. I mean, it just seems like they keep trying to make Kat more and more like this person who is, you know, finding fault with herself. And it's all everything is her fault instead of it being, you know, I mean, I hate to keep comparing it to the book, but like there in the book, there's more Rob acknowledging that, you know, he messed up by marrying or, you know, Jane as her name was. In the right. Book. But he acknowledges, you know, he made a mistake. He's trying to do the best he can with the situation. So and he. That's why he kind of forgives Cat, you know, for releasing Jamie. They both made mistakes, but instead in the show, it's all blame, blame, blame herself. And now we, now we have this completely fabricated story about Jon Snow as a, as a baby. And it's like, Jon Snow is sacred, protected now with this completely bull story. And I was just like, what is this? Oh, my God. Oh, well, to the showrunner's credit, the entire story is made up, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Do what you want. <laughs> but yeah, no, I get I Wow. Well, I mean, uh, podcast listeners, uh, this is one of those things that we invite you to weigh in on because I'm conflicted personally. I think it's kind of horse shit, uh, <laughs> if I can say that. Yeah, we can say that. But I mean, eh, I mean, I'm sure they have some something to give it a payoff. I'm sure they have some reason for it. Maybe the theory that I have in my mind right now is pretty harsh. And I probably shouldn't say it, but I'm assuming that I'll just, I, I'm assuming Kat's going to die at some point and this is going to make, don't answer me. And this is going to make it like, so she's more like, it's a bigger deal. Like, so it's more human. So we like her more when she dies. Eric, we can talk about it. What do you think? Uh, all I can say is once the cow's been milked, there's really no sense squirting the cream back around her. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was a classic line from this episode. So oh. I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Like I, I'm okay not liking Cat. Like watching this yeah. series, I'll put up with her scenes. I'll put up with her motivations until the moment when you know something happens and she's no longer with us. Hopefully soon. Um, but also like in general, like <laughs> so you don't was, even know if that's going to happen. She was a mope. <laughs> she was a mope this episode. She was like, are you going to make me wear the manacles when I go bury my father to, to rob? And he yeah. was like, of course he's not like really though. She's just moping around making dream women, make dream catchers for her sons. I, I don't know. It's a hard world, Eric. It's a hard, listen, her father's, he's going out. Okay. He's going out slow and steady. You've got her kids, got her kingdom, got her, got her husband, got her other kids that are God knows where. I mean, it's a hard time for Kat. Yeah, that's right. And I think that that's probably what they're trying to do here is, is to, in a way, just, she's trying to justify to herself, I think, why all this is happening to her. You know, she just learned that her father died. She just learned that Bran and Rickon could possibly be dead. You know, Ned had his head chopped off. Who knows where Arya is? You know, Sansa is in King's Landing somewhere. So at the end of the day, I think this was just a way to explain for her, in her mind, even though the story is ridiculous, why this is happening, why her family. But at the same time, you look around and, and this is just war. This You look at the Karstarks. I mean, they're, they're, if we were looking at it from their perspective, you know, two of their children would be dead. So right. – it's just that these are the characters that we've been given perspective from. And so, I don't know, it's it's tough for her. You mentioned the Karstarks, and that reminds me of the scene from earlier in the episode. I, toward, toward the beginning, mm-hmm. when and, and it has a lot to do with what you were just saying, honestly, man. When when they're going on about, well, what do you think? What do you really think? Rob's like, or he's like, hey, can I speak my mind? He's like, well, have you not been speaking your mind? <laughs> because you were just talking shit to the king. Uh, and he says, I think that you lost the war the moment you married this chick. He didn't say chick. He said something else. I don't know what that means personally. Like, does that mean – because like I, I thought – I, here's how I take it. I'm like, okay, if you're a king, you can marry whoever the hell you want. You don't marry some nurse. You marry some you know, daughter of some another powerful family. <laughs> you're going to say some nerd. You're not going to marry some you're nerd. Marry right? some you're the king. <laughs> uh, some, some nurse, right? Field nurse. That's the thing. It's like di- almost dishonorable not to marry someone who's in the you know a bloodline, right? Or is that not what Karstark is saying? No, it's or because, somebody that you were it, promised to. Yeah, he was. Pro- yeah. He was promised to somebody to to secure their alliance. He just he just dishonored that promise, and it was a very significant alliance. And they still don't know yet what the repercussions of that are going to be. But he's, they're he's, not. He's you know. leading with his balls, though. You know, is yeah. what it is. But that's that's just kind of. I thought that was why Karstark didn't like him because now he's just following his heart or some bullshit. Pretty much. Yeah, what bullshit. Love. Get out of here. We got no time for love. People are dying for love. Damn oh, right. shit. <laughs> <laughs> so how about the sword fight? All right. That was awesome. Yeah. Great, great fun. A plus. Sorry, I pulled the headphone, my headphones out. What'd you guys say? <laughs> I'm like, literally, I, it was like perfect timing of music. I go, how about that sword fight? Huh? And it goes, shrink. <laughs> it's pretty Sue awesome. You gave it an A plus. I give it a an A A minus A plus. I don't know. They're on we'll a wide. Again. They're on a wide bridge. I think it'd be a, a lot more uh, exciting if they were like above a fire pit <laughs> or something. But you know, like Mortal Kombat <laughs> style. Mortal Kombat like, style. Your soul is mine. 
you know, kind of thing. That game is so damn violent. <laughs> I played it recently, and and I don't want to get off on it. I'm just saying, what the hell? That's there's a place called like the Murder Spike Pit, and yeah, there yeah, are yeah. organs there. Anyway, so long story short. What do you think about it, Micah? The sword fight was awesome. I mean, let's let's not forget Jamie has his hands yes. locked together, so he's at a pretty uh, disadvantage, pretty big disadvantage. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what would have happened if uh, the uh, the bastard didn't show up there and uh, stop things from happening. She actually had knocked him down. She pretty much had won the fight when they, but that's because his hands were tied. The real question is, could, right. she, could she beat him without his hands tied? Oh, mm. that's an interesting point. Well, yeah, because she had all that armor and he was in like a cloak. I yeah. mean, I think that's pretty – he's at a great disadvantage for that reason. Not only that his hands were tied. Yeah. Lucky lucky she was carrying a broadsword that you need two hands to wield. Um, you know, if she had a dagger, he really wouldn't <laughs> be in the same situation. <laughs> yeah. She was carrying two broadswords, one for each of them essentially. It's like he he, he totally was planning. I was just uh, um, expecting Jamie to just backflip off of the bridge into the water and just <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Get away. <laughs> I saw that coming cuz he's leaning back and I was like, is he going to fall backwards? Yeah. But you no, know, Jamie's got some serious moves though. That was pretty obvious yeah. and I think it would have been really cool to see them sword fight, but also felt like they were both just holding back so much. Like I saw about, you know, three or four actual like death stabs that entire time. The rest was just parrying. They're just playing around. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. There was another uh, quick scene in in this episode and I thought it it contributed to two storylines that you know, we'll, we'll kind of play out. Uh, and that was with Shay and Tyrion. Yeah. Oh, right. Her jealousy. That was, that was, come on, that was strange though. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no, re I have, based on this episode, I have no reason to believe that that'll be like a recurring plot line that Shay's jealous. I just think the fact, I, I liked it for the character moment between Tyrion and Shay because, first of all, it's good to see Tyrion again. I was worried we'd get through the whole episode without seeing him. Um, just because there's uh, so many other characters to see, but just how he treats his, his girl and the fact that he really takes stock by what his father said. Like, if I ever see a whore, you know, I'm going to hang her. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, cause he doesn't, he doesn't want her to die. He doesn't want yeah. her to die. So he's like, really, you have to stop coming here. But actually, yes, please stop coming here. But you really shouldn't have come here. And actually, Shay, don't come here anymore. Um, so he, he warns her enough, but she's just off in her own, you know, world kind of thing. But, what I found shocking about the scene was that she's compelling him to protect Sansa. And this is something that I don't know where exactly I, – I guess we don't know enough about Shay, but she really does worry you know, about what Roz said and she cares for Sansa in all the ways a handmaiden I guess should. But I, I just – I really am excited that – because Tyrion's the one person who would actually be able to – kind of maybe protect Sansa of all the Lannisters. He probably would do it. Right. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, he does the right thing, I think. Not all the time, but with someone like her, I mean, he's done the right thing before and it certainly would have been easier to ignore the abuse she was undergoing, but he stepped up, so it's logical to think he would he would do that again, but um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard to say too much without getting into spoiler territory. Yeah, no, I, I think those are two, <laughs> two potential storylines to follow. One, uh, you know, him continuously telling her, you can't come here, you can't see me, and then also the bit about protecting Sansa. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the jealousy w was strange because, you know, Tyrion's first off just mentioning Sansa in general when he was just like, 
I understand why Sansa is in danger or, or these things are happening to her or why Littlefinger is talking to her. And he's literally going through bullet points. And I just, I thought it was, I didn't think it was bad coming from Shay. Like, I don't think it was poorly acted. I don't think it was, I don't think it is a terrible thing to question. Like, I'm not saying jealousy is a terribly horrible thing. Like, sometimes it happens. But just the way it was presented in the show, where all of a sudden, like, he was just making, I mean, the, there was no intonation in his voice. He was just like, she's pretty, yada, yada. She's like, what? She's pretty. It was just so crazy. Did it not just seem like left field to you guys? I mean, like, I wasn't expecting it. And for me, it was just, oh, so you're jealous of, uh, this is a thing now, you know? Yeah. I just didn't yeah. know it was a thing. No, it it was like you know, we 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 haven't seen her be that feisty since like we first saw her almost. I mean, she was She's yeah. like like okay, let's hook up in front of Braun. Let's do these crazy things. We're crazy. Let's uh let's move away to the ocean city. Why? Because we could just eat and fuck all the time. It's beautiful. Oh, wait. You think someone's pretty? It's like <laughs> this doesn't seem in character. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to be a free spirit. Mm. He said pretty. I thought it was interesting that even though Roz came up in conversation also, she didn't care as much about Roz because Roz is just a common whore. But as soon as it was Sansa related, she seemed to take issue with it. Right. Yeah. Like she was like, Tyrion, did you do that? And he was like, yeah. She looked at him how many times? He's counting on his fingers. Like one. No. Two. Uh, yeah. But no, All you're week. right though. With with Sansa, she was pretty uh, outrageously. I mean, just just kind of upset. But I mean, it didn't stop the scene from progressing, so that's good for Tyrion. Yeah. Yeah. Although, wait, can I just say how hilarious it was that he right away was like, "Oh, Roz," like when she's like, "Oh, <laughs> some woman." Oh, it was Roz. Like, yeah, she's famous. Right. Like, Littlefinger doesn't have any friends. Right. Like what he was saying, though, it's probably his personal assistant. Like I called her last time. She introduces herself as the one who puts his affairs in order. You know, it's like I hate to pick because everyone knows we're right in the back pocket. But damn it, it's just like. Those little things, that tiny little thing right there, just with Roz, just the quick take. I mean, Sue, you caught it. I mean, I'm not the only one who caught it. I'm sure all you guys listening caught it. It was just like immediately he was like, oh, Roz, just out of just there was no, no nothing, no process of elimination, nothing. Just it was Roz, even though he owns like four whorehouses right. or something like that. I'm sure he has many managers. Yeah, it was Roz, the one that I know that he's had trouble with. I'm sure he's taking her around the city. It was kind of like, happened. you know, the whole like, oh, John's, you know, Ned Stark's bastard. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone, oh, just, wait. everyone just knows. <laughs> everyone north of the wall, which is really funny. Uh, that reminds <laughs> me, well, we, we haven't talked about the scene yet um, earlier in the episode, but um, John and Mance are taking a stroll. I don't think we got to see a grit, though. She was, there she was there for a moment. She's like, haven't you ever seen a warg? <laughs> yeah, like, what's wrong with you, <laughs> yeah, dude? Like, you ever oh, seen yeah, a warg? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he looked like the Undertaker from WWE, so that's a way to tie it in. He just had his eyes rolled back. That was fun. And he got to see some terrible things. And those terrible things were what? Dead crows. Yep. They never told us if it was birds or people, though. So Good point. Is this a thing in other series, you guys, who have – I'm trusting that you've read more than I have and, and I'm uh, of other books as well, that they call pieces of land the fist all the time? Oh. No, it's because of the mountain looks like a fist. I mean, of the the rocky outcroppings look like a fist. Uh, yeah. Have you ever seen City Slickers, man? No, not for a long time. The thumb that points. So you know what I'm talking about. Curly's gold. Curly's gold. Thank you. Oh, all I'm thinking of is holes with God's thumb. Trust me, it was, 
It was really funny if you guys know the story. You would have been like, ah, I love that movie. <laughs> Billy Crystal. Anyway. With Ben and Jerry. Um, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. I love but that yeah, film so much. Just, he was talking about the fist of this, that, the other. And I'm like, what, is that a creature that he's talking about? Oh, wait, it's land and dead crows. And I was like, oh, okay. Do you guys remember when he was talking about how he united all the armies? I thought that was a really cool little point. Well, it's nice to say, you know, you can see John being like kind of the wheels can start to turn and he can be kind of impressed by I mean, what Mance has done is pretty amazing. How he's brought everyone together, and he is a real threat. His point was, you see all these people? Yeah, they look kind of weird. They all look different, too. Yeah, they speak eight different languages, so you can imagine how hard that would be. But scare them but, with death, and they all band together. Uniting under a common enemy, or, you know, the enemy is death. It's like, boom. Or weather. Or weather, done. It's like, if you, if you guys don't all move south right now... Winter is going to come and kill you, and we're all going to die, and it's not going to be pleasant. So you all have to get over your petty differences, even with the cave people, because no one likes the cave people. No one likes the cave people. (laughs) Even with the cave people, come on. Got to band together. Come together. Band together. Yeah, do it. Got to go south right now. Speaking of – no, I was just going to do that for Eric. (laughs) But speaking of not banding together, there was another scene beyond the wall that we saw uh, where Sam – Got a little bit tired, and uh, his brothers didn't look like they were too willing to uh, help him Yeah, that was funny. He had to sprint back from recording last week's episode with us, man. That's right. (laughs) Because they had to kind of cut and move stuff around from the book, but I like that they kind of brought back some some elements like Sam kind of giving up a little bit. And then Rast is – he's the one that we saw in the first season – he he isn't really the one who was necessarily giving him a hard time in the book, but that's that's a change I like that they have chosen to bring a character back that we've seen before to use him to be the antagonist. So I think that's like a really good start. But and Ed was really funny, basically being a jerk, but in a realistic way because like hell yeah they're gonna run <laughs> <laughs> like you're fat you're slow I'm leaving right. you behind you know it's that's the way it is. I couldn't watch so, that yeah. scene without thinking. That's Wormtongue whispering in Theoden's ear the entire time. <laughs> you can just see him getting paler and paler. You know what I'm saying? But that was just how creepy was that? After Sam gets off the ground and it was like it was so so nice and everything, he just immediately goes back and whispers in his ear. He's like, "Yeah, see, you're still fat or whatever." Like he's just <laughs> like, "What the hell was that?" It was it was funny, even though it shouldn't have been. Old Bear forbidding Sam to die though that that shows good leadership. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That may seem a little obvious. Now that I've said it, it seems obvious. But no, like, it was badass that he came back. You know, he obviously realized people were slowing down. And he already knows the dirt on Sam, that Sam is weak of fortitude. And Tarly, (laughs) I forbid you to die. Exactly. That's all he had to say. And he walked, and he's like, and then he appointed the antagonist guy his protector. I mean, come on. He's just stirring shit up. And then he left. And that was all that needed to be said. Well, because he knew he had a history of harassing him. So if he's he's responsible, he doesn't have to worry about him killing him. But But then he was like, no way I'm dying for you. (laughs) Piggy. So. Piggy. Is that is that like a tie to Lord of the Rings? Or sorry, not Lord of the Rings. Lord, Lord of the, the Flies. Flies. <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Or to the animal. Could be to the animal. Yeah, uh, the beast. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so before we wrap up this this episode discussion, though, I, I think I'm starting to notice a trend uh, at the end of each episode or towards the end of each episode. They are bringing back old characters by. Pulling black cloaks off their heads. 
It happened uh-huh. last episode with Barristan Selmy. <laughs> yeah. And it happened this episode with the Hound. Oh, oh God. I was I was shocked as hell. All right. I know you guys saw it coming, but Eric, come on. I didn't see I didn't it coming. see it coming at all. And Arya is feeling a little exposed there. It was great though. While it lasted, or what? Well fed, Arya. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. the whole scene there. Yeah. What's the stock bitch doing here? <laughs> like really? You're just <laughs> like, gonna call uh... her out like that? Hell yeah! It was really nice of Thoros to just dine in them, you know, wine and dine them, yeah. you know, having a nice horn of ale. Now, how does that sounds amazing? Okay, first off, I'm sharing a horn of ale. We're talking about some terribly dastardly things that went down somewhere. We don't have banners. Here's the hound. Enter hound. You know what I mean? Well, it's easy to tell who he is. He's half his damn face is burnt off. Okay, what's next? And he just, I mean, he, I mean, I'm sure it was a little bit more dramatic in the book, but he notices Arya like a snap finger. I girl. can't do it very well, but yeah. you get it. He's just like, girl. I don't know. The Brotherhood reminds me of the Lost Boys a little bit, though. They capture these guys. They capture this girl. They capture Arya, and they just want her to tell her, her tell them a story, and then they'll let her go. It's like really. They like, yeah, well, we promise to let you go. Yeah. They're likable. I mean, that's why the um, I know over. I think it's still that way over at Westeros. The like the fan group is called the Brotherhood without banners. I mean, the Brotherhood is generally a liked organization. That's just they're a rambunctious group. They're sort of charming in their way. You know, they're they're not meant to be a horrible group. We have a lot of horrible groups, so it's kind of nice to have a contrast. This interesting rebel band. You can't help but like them. Okay, good. I feel better that I like them a lot. I was like, eh, those dudes are hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> if I was there and they were like, come with us, I'd be like, okay, that sounds great. Because I was doing something else. <laughs> this is good. This is good. <laughs> I mean, there's a sword yeah. fight. There's dinner. There's food. There's a sword fight. Arya's like, my brother's taught me. When she loses the fight, he's like, here's to your brothers. <laughs> you know, we'll drink to them. <laughs> And he picks up the other guy's drink at the other table. Oh, yeah. And he starts, yeah, but what's that guy going to do? He's going to stand up. I mean, he's got swords. This is Westeros, people. Yeah. Think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Bad mistakes. They don't have banners. I mean. There you uh, go. How do you capture Clegane, though? How do you how do you do that to the mountain? Like, you need, like, a master ball. No, they explained it. They said they got him drunk. I did not catch that at all. Yeah, they actually said, how did you get him? And he said that they got him drunk, <laughs> which is, he does, and that's sort of. That's accurate. He does drink a lot, so get him yeah. get him crazy drunk, and you can take him down easy. Now that he's sober, yeah. though, he seemed like he could take every man in that pub. He might still be drunk. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he seemed like he was a little sloppy. I mean, look at how he referred to Arya. <laughs> yeah, he's a little yeah. harsh. That was a little harsh. That was pretty. Yeah, he's pissed. But his vision is acute. He's bitter at San- <laughs> Sansa. He's like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, he's you getting come with me. Sarks. I think it's just going to be interesting to see now how this progresses. Now that uh, Thoros of Mir knows that he has Arya Stark, is is that going to change the fact that he just told her and her friends that they could go free? That's what you said. Like, he has Arya Stark. No, he doesn't. She's walking out the door. Like, as soon as she leaves, like, <laughs> she should have just kept walking, kept walking and, and, and been gone. But now is he going to seize her? You know, that's that's a good question. But I thought they didn't. I thought they were without banners. Then why would they seize her and all this stuff? So the Brotherhood, they were sent out by Ned. Their leader was personally sent out by Ned. So it's, yeah, mm. we'll have to say, but I mean, well, allegiances don't last very long in this, in this series, right? <laughs> yeah. So, this, yeah. Well, I hope personally that what they do next is sit the hound down at the head of the table, take their original positions and pour out some more horns of ale and just keep talking about stuff. Cause I'd watch that show. That'd yeah. be pretty fun. Yeah. Good stuff. It'd be like, cheers. 
except for the hound. <laughs> oh my God. The anyway, hound. that was the uh, <laughs> that was the episode. We talked about it. It's still nighttime because we watched it at nighttime because the show came out at nighttime. But Sunday night, you're listening to this on Monday, and a lot of you, and by a lot of you guys, how many people tweeted? Too many? A lot. Say that? A lot of people. A lot. Never too many. Just a lot of you guys. Oh yeah. I could use some scotch. I have scotch. I could use a teleporter. <laughs> I don't have one of those. Well, we... uh. <laughs> All right, so there were a lot of uh, unworthy moments in this episode. True. I think yes. there's too many to count, to be honest, and that is reflected by the amount of tweets we received uh, with the listener owns from this episode. But before we get to them... Guys, what were your what was your one own? If you could pick one, only one from this episode. One? Just one. I think Sue should have to go first because no, she's go. the fury. No, she's no. the fury. You go first. I'm, yeah, st- I'm still first. thinking. No, no, I'm not a lady. You go first. I'm still thinking. I'm no lady. <laughs> well fine, I'll go. <laughs> All right, I'll go. go. He's this a lady. is simple. This is very, very, very simple. This is a good own. The cave people. Come on. What did those cave people yeah. do to get on everybody's bad side? There's not one legion up north, north of the wall, that likes them. They're the Sackville Bagginses. I'm telling like, you. Yeah. There are cannibals. <laughs> there are some rough sorts of people up north, but none of them want to be with the cave people. So the own goes to them. There you go. My own this Monday. I'm going to have to reflect the Nordic undertones of yours, Eric. And I'm going to have to say that my own is when Lord Commander takes a step over young Sam, and he says, Sam, I'm going to need you to stop talking in that voice. That's not what he said. He said, Sam, or what did he say? He said, Tarly, <laughs> you're not allowed. It's late. Whatever. He said, Tarly. I forbid you to die. Thank you, Micah. I'm just going to play the sound clip right now. I forbid you to die. There we go. So that was good. That was my own of the episode because no one else was commanding as much as that. So there you go. No one else likes my own. Well, fuck you guys. I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to give my own to... Jojen Reed, who just walks up to the face of a snarling direwolf and says, you must be Summer. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, Mike is an old pro, all right? He's just consistent with his owns. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it up this week for <laughs> for you and Rian's appearance because he's just got style. He just walks right up and apparently Yara is there to save the day. It was very entertaining. I'm, that so. whole time I just missed... What, sorry, can That's you explain okay. who you and Rian is? Who's with Theon? Eric's getting excited. Yeah, right now he's credited as boy. <laughs> he's credited as boy, but he will grow he's to be more than, more than a boy. Yes, he'll grow oh, to be a really? man. But, yeah. <laughs> I look forward to seeing that. It was a delightful... Yeah, it's a delightful beginning. I look forward to seeing Eric see that. <laughs> I look forward can to I that. Can I say that? All right. oh, you look forward to me looking forward to Eric looking forward to it? I do. Well, what do you look like forward a, it, to, Micah? It's a human caterpillar of looking forward to delight. So, yeah. No centipede, though. Yeah, I was going to say, don't even miss. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Not, no. That's, that's the reason I said caterpillar. No centipede. We don't even need legs. Mm-mm. We don't even need them. No, no. And later we'll turn into <laughs> a metapod and then later a butterfree and uh, we'll geez. turn everyone to sleep. Two plant energies. That's all it takes. And now Eric Skull reads the owns in 117 seconds or less. Our first own this evening comes from Peggy Ruiz, who says Bran is so big. Slash Game of Owns. I I guess that's an own. Lauren Glover says, Joffrey owned those flowers. No flowers. (laughs) He threw them. They're gone. Siolan McMullen says, Joffrey owns Circe. That's why wise women do what they're told. 
Lauren Glover again says that arrow nearly owned pot pie. Pot pie. Hot pie. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds delicious. Who wants to go out for dinner? I want some pot pie. Vicky says Queen of Thorns. Once the cow's been milked, there's just no use shoving it back into the others. Oh, this this one's less of a known, more of an observation. Mercedes says King Renly and Brienne would have been man enough for each other. Ship Renly. (laughs) Um. We need, like, a Sue's Corner with Tumblr posts. We'll, we'll add that to the show someday. Okay, Elena F. says, Joffrey owned the boar with that fancy crossbow thing, also the hound, and the guy with the arrow. So many owns! So, Joffrey's actually getting a lot of our owns this evening. Oh, darn. <laughs> That's not good. No. Andy. What's wrong with our listeners? Andy says, when Thoros of Murr says, here's to her brothers in the tavern. <laughs> Murr! Murr! <laughs> Is it Mirror or Murr? Did they not yeah, give one of those gifts? Did they not give Thoros of Myrrh to Jesus Christ when he was born? <laughs> it's whatever you want Arr. it to be, okay? This, this is your segment. Arr. All right. Christian says, here's my own of tonight's episode. Brienne handily defeating the Kingslayer in swordplay. The beauty can kick serious ass. She can. Handily wrist Our friend Brian oh. McAllister says, the Brotherhood of Banners has clearly owned more dancing lessons than Arya. The Stark most deaf fill us the dance off. <laughs> most deaf is, from, is a Stark? <laughs> it actually says Larry Stark most deaf. Not most deaf. Most deaf. So I think he's a Stark. I'm excited that we have Larry the Wombat owns again. It's been too long. It has indeed been on. I was shocked to see scenes from ADWD that owned me, says Jake Thurman. What is ADWD? Dance with Dragons. Dance with Dragons. Oh, is that like one of the later books, but it's now on the show for some reason? Yeah, because it, it, that's the, the Theon scenes. We kind of learn about them by a Oh, I'm excited to hear that. I'm glad to hear that, um, that they're kind of syncing it up so that it's a little bit more linear. Um, yeah. Jenny Lee Nolf says, when Mira Reed creeped up on Asha and took her by surprise. Oh, ooh, ooh. Ooh, and leans right in her ear and goes, oh, of the episode. (laughs) We got another one from Jenny. She says, Marjorie totally owned Joffrey's manhood with that crossbow. (laughs) What? Yeah, he was like, shoot me here, please. It was sexual. It was sexual. Um, Kristen Kranz says, Lady Olena owned the episode. Absolutely love her. Can't wait to see more. Miss Lane said, I wish Joffrey owned more muscles. It may have made that sad excuse for male nudity more watchable. What? That's so mean. Well, no. we're owed a little. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. What, you think there's no. an imbalance? What, Sue? What? Slight imbalance in the nudity, of course. Sue's like, more dicks or we walk. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I demand. We demand. Uh, shirtless. Shirtless right. is fine. It was, it was uh-huh. highly disappointing when the when the credits rolled at the beginning of the show and it, and then you didn't see nudity listed where it normally is, right? That's a little <laughs> right. jarring, wasn't it? No, I noticed it's, it's about not. The it's not a true credits. Game of Thrones episode. You know, when the opening credits came on and Westeros was smoking or Winterfell was smoking, I was blown away. Yeah, that's a nice touch. Yeah, that was really good. And the gods would, and the smoke was billowing out. And our final own of the evening comes from Tran Win, and she says, should be more than enough fabric, which is what uh, Joffrey said about the wedding dress. I don't, I didn't get what that meant, but it's an own. Oh, wait, we, guys, we have a bonus own. This one's from Bonus Own. Bonus Own, everybody. Ding, ding, ding. Bone. We're reading, ringing the bell. <laughs> bonus Own. This one just came in. For some reason, it wasn't on my feet earlier, but I refreshed, and it didn't refresh at the top spot, so it refreshed down, but I don't know why. It's somehow somebody's time traveling and tweeting us from the past. Gordy. Gordy. Gordy, our buddy. The Bonus Own today says, 
To say that Marjorie is playing Joffrey like a harp is an insult to hearts everywhere. Burn! Ooh. Burn. Baby, Disco burn. Burn. Disco burn. Burn. Fizzy. Burn. And that was Eric's goal. Painstakingly, excruciatingly, shocking discovery for joy relievingly explains the tweets in Want to do some more? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we have more tweets. We have a lot of tweets, and we plan on reading more tonight. But damn it, like we had so many owns, so we're gonna figure something out. Just keep sending them; they'll get found in the shuffle and stuff. You guys know where our Twitter account lies. I know Eric does too. I just read a um, a tweet. It wasn't directed at us, but I unthrown. I wanted to share this with you guys because the uh, computer nerds would in the in the on this panel would really enjoy it. Quote is, the computer room is dark and full of errors. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, nerd. Yeah, nerd. <laughs> and you can continue to send us your owns. Perhaps we will create a whole forum of, or a collage, or a quilt out of all your owns. But you can do that to us on Twitter at twitter.com slash game of owns. That is the name of our show. And you should be quite familiar with it um, because you would have either had to have gone on twitter.com slash game of owns to send us your owns or typed in game of owns on iTunes where we are or read about game of owns on winteriscoming.net which proudly presents our podcast several times a week. Yeah, props to the people on the internet that are still commenting on websites because that is the best place that we can find sort of immediate interaction and discussion and that's always a lot of fun. So, yeah, we'll be putting things together like tweets, emails, comments and stuff. We'll have a better, more compartmentalized segment for those coming out in the future. Indeed. Mm, that sounds good. Yep. Yeah, I like just that. something better. Just something a little bit better than just, hey, look at this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. We need like a voice actor that reads the tiny type on the bottom of uh, infomercials. Oh, you can do that. You just take somebody who's reading it normally and speak up. <laughs> Are you making fun of Sam? I feel like you're making fun of Sam. I was just making a joke to you guys. <laughs> oh, hey, wait, wait, wait. Before we, before we move on, Joe Zalesny, Gcode260 on Twitter, just got a tweet in and he says, my own comes for Sir Thoros of Mir. He's the reason there isn't any food, points to Hot Pie. So, mmm. There you go. Be like Joe. Oh, yeah. Right in. I actually wrote that down. Game of Owns. I wrote that quote down. <laughs> oh, good. You see, Joe. I forgot. Micah. Kindred Spirits. Yep, it's good. It's we're, true. We're a podcast. There's an email address. I'm sure Eric told you about it already, but I have to say something right now because in order to make a proper transition, Michael likes to think of the best thing to say. And he told me personally in quiet, dark conversations that my voice inspires him the most. It's true. And uh, something else that Eric also mentioned earlier was uh, iTunes, which is where you can find this podcast to download on a thrice weekly basis. And uh, we ask that uh, while you're doing that, you uh, rate and review us. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable, as uh, a couple of uh, listeners have wrote in here and uh, nicely uh, gave us five stars. Cop 60. So it's nice to know we have some police officers out there listening to us. <laughs> Our dearest <laughs> members of law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want your username to be, honey? Uh, cop. Cop 60. <laughs> All right. I wrote that down. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, he or she says, own of the week is awesome and always funny. So uh nice tie into the owns that we were just reading earlier. Then yeah. uh, Sir Mosh with the title, Holy Mother of John. 
That's awesome. <laughs> this is a great podcast. Trust me, I've listened to every episode in the last couple of weeks, so I'm kind of a big deal. Wow, he thinks very highly of himself. Uh, also, Lannisters and camels and bears, oh, Misa. Oh. And the Greyjoys are awesome, Eric. Never <laughs> let anyone tell you otherwise yes. unless it's Zach. Oh. He's pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> and two more really quick reviews. AE8883 says, my favorite Game of Thrones podcast. And then Hook'em Horns says, great podcast. Thank you. That's it. Those are the reviews. We appreciate them. As we've said many times before, helps other people out there who are looking for additional Game of Thrones content, especially now during season three. Uh, we, do, we do want to thank you guys for doing that because it's a bit, we, we realize that it's a precious time out of your day that it takes to go comment and review the episode. But if you do have the time, throw it in there. It's a fun show. Three times a week. It's good. Sue's here. I mean, come on. Where else? Where else can you get Sue? She's the Fury. I am that. <laughs> You've got the exclusive. So yeah. I don't know, Sue. After after this hour we've been podcasting together, I have to say you seem pretty nice to me. Yeah, it's because it's late at night. If you get me earlier in the day, I'm twice as bitchy. So you should really aim for that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's high on your list of priorities. Is finding a time when I'm extra bitchy. Yes. We gotta record early next week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yep, come on over to winteriscoming.net to see us, especially now that we've got all these sweet Game of Owns podcasts up there. I hear they're Ooh. pretty good. Ooh. I heard that. I don't know if it's just a vicious rumor. So That must be why Game of Thrones is trending. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Hey, you know, we're 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 20% of the way through with the season. I mean, at the end of next episode, I'm going to say we're 30% the way through the season. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. That's depressing. That is the pre- right. It, 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 we're not quite there yet, where we're like, oh, we're most of the way through the scene. But once we get to thirty percent, I feel like we're going to be like, the end is near. The end is nigh. It's coming. <laughs> um, you know, for for a season that's half of a book too, it just it makes you feel like, oh no, what's going to happen? Like, is anything going to happen? Like, I hope things are happening. Like, it's like, oh my god, we're already a third of the way there, and then of course we got to wait another ten or twelve months. So. That'll be rough. No, we enjoy the interim. We find little games to amuse ourselves, like obsessive casting and spoilers. No, oh, yeah. yeah all, no. all part of the fun. Glad a new character is coming in. Always. Don't forget, before we leave, there was an episode released Friday in which Micah is walking around a VIP thing for Game of Thrones, and it's really funny because he had been drinking some beer, so you should check that out. It's a good thing to listen to. Bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> bourbon. Excuse me. Bourbon and stuff. We're Game of Bones. We're Game of Thrones slash Song of Ice Fire podcast. Sue's here. Mm-hmm. I'm Zach Louie. I'm Eric Skull. I'm Micah Tannenbaum. Susan. You guys know what they say One in parting here. Once the cow's what been, they say, Eric. What they say is once the cow's been milked, <laughs> yeah. there's you better hope you pulled the other. <laughs> the cream back in her what? 